listening to KZAALP Santa Barbara 96.5 FM Gaza Radio only for play my team Yo, what's up? Do we got Portland on the phone line right now? Hey, this is Thomas. How's it going? What's going on, man? What's going on? Not a whole lot. Just uh, just got off work. Uh, excited to talk to you. Right on, man. Do you want to share? Do you mind sharing what you do for work? Um, yeah, I've been in human resources for about 10 years. And uh, since I moved to Portland, um, I started a job a couple years ago at uh, Portland Public Schools. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's great. So hardcore doesn't pay the bills is what you're saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. (laughs) I've heard that before. (laughs) Got to have a real job, a nerd job. (laughs) That's right. Um, All right. So just if you want to hang tight real quick, I'll let everyone know what's going on. So what's up to everybody uh, listening on the radio? We're on KZAA. LP 96.5 FM, and you just heard that playlist of absolute bangers that was made by Thomas, our guest today. And uh, what's up to everybody who's streaming this episode? Um, You can hear that playlist as soon as the interview ends, and I've recorded an audio clip. You'll hear which bands are which and what the names of the songs are, and that'll play right after this interview is over. Um, Yeah, I'm super... Okay, I got to ask you. Your name is spelled, your last name is spelled with one O. Is it still pronounced Vanderpool? You know what? Um, <laughs> it's it's funny, funny you ask that. Uh, to my family, the pronunciation doesn't matter. It's just whether or not you have the correct amount of O's. So <laughs> you could say pool or pole. We don't care. Um, and... My wife uh, is a hairstylist, and she had someone in her chair yesterday who is from Holland. And she's like, you know your last name is supposed to be three words, right? And I know people with two O's. I know people who spell it with, with three uh, three words and stuff. So it's just, it's it's funny. It's weird. <laughs> I know, because I'm like going to introduce you. I don't want to mess it up. Um... Oh, no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Um, but yeah, okay. So we're talking to Thomas Vanderpool who plays drums in an act and, um, also in dying for it. Um, so real quick, back to your last name, last question. (laughs) So would it be like, would it be like V A N space D E R space P O L? Is that what, is that what the, uh, I guess so. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's what I've been told before too. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, You know? Yeah. Um, so where exactly are you calling, calling us from today? Portland, Oregon, Portland, Oregon. Do you live like in the city of Portland? I do. Yeah. I live in Northeast Portland in a neighborhood called Park Rose. Um, it's pretty, pretty cool. I really love Portland. It's raining right now. Surprise. (laughs) That's a, that's the Pacific Northwest for you, I guess. Right. That is true. Um, okay, well, have a good amount of stuff to cover or try to cover. So 
We might as well, we might as well just jump right into it. Um, I want to thank you so much for making a playlist. I always love when, when people come on the show. Um, I always put that option out there. Some people like to have their band played. Some people, most people love to make a playlist. So, um, Thanks for doing that. I was that. so stoked when you asked me to do that. I did it like the day that you asked me to. So I've been very excited. Yeah, no, it's great. I, I love I love to hear, you know, or I love to hear people's, you know, because I think making a playlist can be, can be a multitude of different things. It can be what you're feeling in the moment. It can be what you're listening to at that time. It can be just nostalgic songs that, you know, are mm-hmm. meaningful to you. It can be... you know bands that you want other people to hear so um i always appreciate people making the playlist and your playlist was great lots of great new bands bunch of great a bunch of great new bands um some old classics um some safe inside bands advanced perspective um the the first step stuff that just got put up on spotify um yeah, so much good stuff. Shout, I want to give a shout out to Long Island and Long Island Hardcore because I've interviewed a ton of bands from there. The Dead Last song was great. Um, nice. Yeah, that's one of my favorite seven inches of this year so far. Yeah, for sure. Um, and obviously the the kings of hardcore go it alone. <laughs> yes. Um, which we'll come back to that. But yeah, if you want to just say a couple, little bit about the playlist and why you chose the bands and and just you know whatever you want to say about it. Totally. I think all the things that you covered about like why people do playlists a certain way, it is really a combination of like you got the nostalgia from the rivalry bands and also cool young bands uh, that I want people to know about. Um, There's also friends bands on there too. Uh, So every pick was like super intentional and I kind of agonized over it, Um, (laughs) you know, going over all the details and one thing that's really really important to me in hardcore um is to promote um diversity and inclusion and i wanted to make sure that every single song every single band was not all just white dudes and so i really wanted to have that representation there and you can totally see that um with, with every song there, there's a lot of uh, female representation, a lot of POC representation. Um, and I tried to make that intentional because a lot of those bands don't get noticed. For sure. No, I, that's, that's awesome. And I've, I've played, uh, I love the Basura song from Provoke. I've played, played Provoke on the Provoke's show. So awesome. So awesome. Yeah. That, um, yeah, they rule. Um, I've played, played provoke on the show before played dry socket before i loved the um the sissy fit song that song was yeah. awesome that's um, the only song that they have that doesn't have cussing so it's really <laughs> hard to find one. <laughs> i appreciate that so much because i can't tell you how many times i've um asked people you know and i always say that like hey yeah. try not to and then sometimes i don't have time to like screen the playlist and i might not know all the bands and all the songs oh, and i'll I like no, I appreciate it. And I'll like just I'll just I'll just wing it and play the playlist. And it'll be like a slow breakdown part and just like a giant F bomb. <laughs> yeah. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> so I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. It's fun to make. For sure. Um and just for again, everyone listening who's streaming this episode, you'll uh, as soon as this interview is over, it'll it'll jump right into the playlist. 
Um, so I want to take a moment because I saw like a clip, I want to say on the Enact page where you where you're, everyone was saying like their favorite bands. And I'm pretty sure you said Go yes. It Alone. Am I, I definitely did. I did. That correctly? You definitely <laughs> did. Okay. Yeah. So I just want to take a moment to recognize the greatness of Go It Alone. Um, I first got into hardcore in the early 2000s during, you know, when Rivalry was kind of Rivalry and Bridge Nine, but all those bands that Rivalry was putting out. Um, and sometimes I feel like that era gets a little like pushed to the side for whatever reason. I mean, agreed. not not all the bands, obviously like Have Heart and bands like that, but there, I feel sure. like a band like Go It Alone is, was such an incredible band and such a big band for me when I was a teenager. Um, and I just love that, that you love them so much too. So I just wanted to say that. Totally. I feel like, um, I caught the tail end of a good era. Uh, I started going to shows in about 2005. And, um, so the rivalry thing was still like in full swing, so to speak. Like they, they had that rivalry showcase in Petaluma in, I think, 2007. I didn't get to go to that. But, um, uh, you know, there there's so many awesome bands, and Go It Alone is, like, the perfect representation of that sound for me. Yeah. Um, I previously, um, before the latest lineup of Dying For, I, I wrote uh, the first two records, and I was really, like, pushing the sound to go uh, in that direction. Um, and so they've been really inspirational to me as far as like songwriting goes. Um, I love Cram's lyrics. I mean, I really love super crush too. Like, I think that everything that he touches is, uh, Vancouver gold. Yeah. And, um, um, they're, they're like straight up my favorite hardcore band for sure. Dude. I love to hear that, man. It makes like, it's like comforting for me to hear that. Cause I love that era and I had um and just like the progression of of like the go it alone discography is so cool too because like when history like when history like devotion the uh, after band the what the after band devotion I never really listened to devotion if you like histories like I there are two devotion records and I almost think of histories and the two devotion records as a trilogy because the progression keeps going with that band okay that's good to know i'll check it out i'll check it out oh man i i got to see them a couple times uh maybe like three or four times uh right when that first record was new Uh, i caught them twice in a week when i saw them at hometown show and at Rainfest, and they were so tight so in the pocket uh Aaron O'Neill played drums for Devotion, who's also in, like, Lights Out. Um, And, yeah, super (laughs) super awesome. So, like, just getting to, like, be a front row Joe at the Devotion shows and, like, like just zero in on Aaron's playing style, like, is is amazing. So you should definitely check them out. For sure. Yeah, because – yeah, the progression of, of you know, the, I feel like Vancouver Gold is a little faster and a little more like, I don't know, not that Histories isn't like a hard, a hardcore sounding, but I just, the beginning of Histories, just like the, the, just the, it's like, dude, I just, there's something about that that just like, I don't know, especially when I listened to it when I was younger, it's just so cool to me. 
you know that that's kind of a, a rip of the first song on uh, Damnation AD's Kingdom of Lost Souls, right? Yeah, that makes sense. I, mean, oh, I, <laughs> I didn't know that for many years, you know, because my timeline starts in the early 2000s. So it took me a while to go back to of like course, that 90s yeah. stuff. And when you hear that, it's like, it's kind of obvious, but it's <laughs> cool that they put their own stamp on it, I think. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, well, yeah, I could talk about Go Alone all day, but we'll move on. <laughs> yeah, great band. Um, I just and also shout out to a band, this band, Rejection Pact, um, out of Boise, Idaho. Yeah, they did a they they did a cover of Statement, and um, I thought that was so cool. I thought it was like that was like one of the coolest things ever. Um, Agreed. That, that they actually and they actually put it out, recorded it, and put it out too. I thought that was great. Those um, are my boys. I love Rejection Pact. Yeah, same same um so before okay also i want to so <laughs> i think like you reached out to me um i can't remember how exactly we got connected but i saw your your instagram handle um uh, was jerk store is the line <laughs> mm-hmm. and i and i was like okay this i think you have the george costanza picture but i or i or something yes. but i was like okay that's one thing but that handle is I got like the reverse people picture <laughs> that's right but the the name jerk stores the line that's a whole nother level of seinfeld being a seinfeld yeah. fan and it was so funny cuz they just put it on netflix which is so so cool um and I it's had, cool if you don't care about them messing with the aspect ratio. It's all zoomed in. It bothers me so much. <laughs> yeah, that, I guess I didn't really, I guess I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. But no, it's cool. Um, my wife and I are both massive Seinfeld fans. Her her Instagram handle is sneakers in the pool. We, <laughs> we were That's both great. like coming up, we we're both coming up with, uh, names we wanted like matching names and i think those are the two that each of us like gravitated towards so i'm dirt stores line and she's sneakers <laughs> in the pool that's great man yeah and it was so funny because i had just watched the uh episode where you know where george obviously doesn't get to to hit him with the comeback and it's just like mm. george costanza has got to be like one of the greatest fictional television characters like of all time. I mean, just like, just, totally. <laughs> just like, his whole, and I just love that. He just, he's just like obsessing about it the whole episode. Mm. And then he flies there to go see this guy. And then the, you know, and he's just like, he's been building it up, building it up. building it up, and then He hits him with it. And the guy just crushes him. And he's just like, it's just such know. a great episode. Yeah. That's, that's classic George for sure. For sure. So I wanted to ask you uh, who your favorite character was and um, if you have any favorite episodes and why you love the show so much. Um, Jerry's my favorite character. I mean, I I feel like he's the most relatable for me. Like, I I aspire to be um, as good of a person in, on one hand as he is, but also as, eh, like you know, shrug, like, oh, well, like, he's pretty uh, happy-go-lucky, um, even though at one point, uh, 
Where is it, George, who says, I'm not happy, I'm not lucky, and I don't go? (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, so Jerry, for sure. Um, My favorite season is, or, well, you asked episodes, but my favorite season is season four because that has, like, the block of episodes that's, like, the Bubble Boy, Achiever Letters, (laughs) um, uh, The Virgin, and Contest. Which oh my are are some of my favorite episodes? I guess besides season four, I really like the episode "The Opposite," where George Lance's job at the Yankees. <laughs> it's so great! I know. Yeah. Yep. There, there are too many good ones to dissect. Um, For sure. My friend, my friend Kyle, who plays guitar in an act, uh, he has this big poster of every character in Seinfeld, like just their heads, and it will have like a color coded um, relation to uh, like the main four characters if they're like a side character and it doesn't have their names on it. So every once in a while he'll, he'll call me uh, or we'll see each other and be like, what's this person's story? Or like, do you remember that episode when this person did this? Why do you think that is? And we'll, we'll go over the excruciating minutia of Seinfeld together. That's it's awesome, man. I it's hands down my favorite show of all time. Even with all the cool shows that have come out in the last, you know, five to ten years, Seinfeld by far hands down my favorite show of all time. Um, Ted Lasso is pretty close. Haven't watched it yet, but oh, I man, <laughs> I haven't watched like, it yet. Like rarely are there worthy opponents, but that yeah. one really like knocked my socks off. Nice. That's good to know. Yeah. And it's funny what you say about Jerry. I love Jerry too. His whole character is just hilarious to me. And, um, I just watched the episode last night where he's, he like opens himself up to feel his emotions. Yeah. <laughs> and totally. gets sad and happy and everyone. What is this salty discharge? <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. It's so great. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just lastly, like, just what, what do you love so much? Like, why do you, why are you such a big fan? I don't know. I mean, that's that's really hard to say. Like, it's probably been the only constant in my adult life, um, you know, outside of my marriage, probably. And um, we had the DVDs lying around my house uh, when I was probably just right out of high school. And I just started watching them, like, consecutively on a loop. Um, and then when I moved away from home, uh, my dad not not a good dude very controlling but every time i'd see him and he'd come visit me he'd bring me the next box set because they're his dvds he wouldn't let me <laughs> just take all of them yep. but he'd be like here's the next season here's the next and we trade um i watched them way more than him i wore them out and eventually uh i took them <laughs> without asking and i still nice. have them good for you so thank you uh i w- i was on a constant loop of watching the series from probably about 2009 to uh, let's say like 2018, like consistently not, it didn't have to be every night, but like I'd chronologically in order, always be going through the series. Yeah, no, totally. It's, I think it's also just like the simplicity plus the complexity of the show combined. It just makes like a perfect, 
you know, in this, the, the story, like the story writing gets better and better and better as the seasons mm-hmm. go on, like everything coming full circle in every episode, but, um, the intricacies. Yeah. One thing man. I will say, uh, I guess my, my last cap off about Seinfeld, um, my favorite movie is, uh, You've Got Mail with Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Nice. And one email to, I know that's really late, but one, one email she says to him, um, uh, so many things in my life remind me of something I've read in the book when shouldn't it be the other way around? And for me, so many things in my life remind me of an episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> totally. When shouldn't it be the other way around? <laughs> No, that's a great, that's, that's a, that's, yeah, that makes perfect sense. When I first started doing radio, I wasn't really doing hardcore stuff yet. And, uh, I used to have my aunt on as my co-host and we based all of our bits and our segments on, they were, it was Seinfeld inspired humor about, about, about our social life and what we, you know, these kind of things that, you know, we were doing like segments about salsa bars and like just like random yeah. random weird like seinfeld humor stuff <laughs> i would have loved to be a fly on the wall in those conversations <laughs> for sure that's so cool um all right well i'm glad that we can share love for seinfeld and go it alone two two yes. great things for me as well um so yes. i wanted to ask you what it was like what it's like living in portland um portland is awesome um my wife and i ricky uh just moved here uh in 2019 um it's it's kind of funny like we moved here after coming here visiting here on vacation playing here on tour um we were both vegan and we'd come and hit all the vegan food stops like it's pretty much a paradise for vegan food and so, you know, you visit places and you have an idea of what they're like, but you don't really know until you live there. And I wouldn't say that we're like disappointed by any means at all. But, you know, when reality sets in, it's, it's a little bit different. You got to go to your job. You, you know, can't hit three restaurants a day. You're on <laughs> yeah. a budget and stuff. Um, I think for her, the big thing was uh, getting used to the weather. Um she doesn't like the rain. I really love the rain, but you know, it's May and we still have it and I'm a little bit sick of it, but, um, um, we just have such a great community of friends, uh, here. I'm, I'm originally from Redding, California and she's from Stockton and, um, we lived in Redding together for, uh, about six years and, uh, we just didn't really have a community there anymore. We, we started dying for it in Redding and we went on tour a bunch and Portland was the place where we found like the biggest pocket of, uh, friends and like a similar lifestyle, um, as us, whereas we didn't feel that in Reading at all. And so the community that we've had in Portland, uh, is amazing. That's great. That's, that's awesome. Um, also, I'm also vegan. I would love to, I'll, I'll make sure to remember that. Right on. Yeah. If I go up to, uh, come here and we'll go get some food (laughs) yeah for sure man um i know isn't it great when there's like a a, just like a a variety of vegan spots that you can choose from to go to it's so cool seriously but we wind up going to the same like one or two places all the time (laughs) yeah for sure i'm lucky because you know there's a couple places near me but we're close to la and we're always going down there for shows and stuff and there's 
there's tons of different great places. What city do you live in? I live in uh, Santa Barbara, which is okay. um, just like 30 minutes north of Oxnard. Um, okay. Yeah, the home of Nardcore. So we're Nardcore. Yeah, the home of Nardcore and Dead Heat. So we're we're nice. we're lucky. We have a cool, great scene going on here right now. I don't think that I've ever been to Santa Barbara before. Um, I'm I'm a little bit like Southern California uh, illiterate. Um, Ricky and I used to go to Disneyland a lot. We had season passes from 2014 to 2017. Nice. So we'd make we'd make the 10 hour drive from Reading like two or three times a year. Yeah. So from Disneyland you would go from Disneyland you'd go about two and a half hours north, and then you would hit Oxnard, Ventura, and then you'd go like. 30 minutes north and be where where I'm at right on the coast oh that's nice so not super hot like not as hot as uh like the desert or like LA proper maybe (laughs) no not at all it's a very perfect wonderful place to live I grew up in the in the desert so I grew up in the Inland Empire right near the show right near the showcase theater I lived right by there okay very lucky okay very lucky uh Showcase was in Corona, right? It was in Corona. That's where I grew up. Yep. My dad was born in Norco. Oh, boy. Norco. Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) 100%. Yeah. He lived on like a small farm until they moved. uh, My family moved to Southern Oregon. And, you know, the rest is history. Yeah. That's, um, yeah. Well, I'm glad that you're, you got settled in to Portland and, and enjoying it. And, um, I wanted to ask you about, so you played drums in an act and, mm-hmm. and dying for it. Um, dying for it all obviously been, has been going on longer than an act. Um, and just wanted to know like where you're, so the rest of dying for it is in California while you, while you're in, uh, Portland. Yeah. So we started dying for it in Reading and, um, we went through a couple lineups in Reading um, cause it, it's a really isolated place and people don't get out much. And yeah, definitely. I, I think when people realized like how serious we were, uh, they weren't necessarily on board for that. And then, so it was us and some friends from the Bay area. And then eventually it became us and three friends from LA. And, um, that worked really great. Like, you know, we'd drive down to LA and then we do like we had a weekend run with uh, Skullcrack a couple of years ago and like did like Southwest shows. And then um, a few months after that, we uh, flew out to the East Coast and met the L.A. guys on the East Coast. And then we moved to Portland and um, we flew down and did some Southern California shows. And then they flew up um, March of 2020 and had a really cool show here in Portland and then the pandemic happened <laughs> and <laughs> we've been trying to navigate this like remote songwriting reality. And, um, we had some really awesome shows last November with, uh, overexposure from Southern California. Yep. Um, and trying to figure out like next moves as far as what we want to do. But in that time, an act is kind of, um, pick things up, um, at least for us locally. And we've been focusing on, on that. Um, and acts only played three shows, uh, but, and, uh, dying for it's like really close to playing a hundred shows. Uh, nice. that's like my, that's my milestone that I'm like 
looking forward to um, hitting that hundredth show. I think that we're like six or seven shows away from that. Yeah, dying dying for it rules for everyone listening. Thank you. Listen to dying for it. That's I've listened since uh, my friend Matt Tyler. He plays in uh, Discourage and uh, Tuning. He put me on to dying for it at some point, and yeah, yeah. Dying for Matt it played rules. bass for us for. Uh, about six months. Uh, nice. We did a lot of shows with him. Um, he's a really talented musician. Our, our bass player quit before our summer tour in 2018, and Matt learned all the songs in 24 hours. That does not surprise me at all. <laughs> and then then stayed in the band for about uh, six months. But um, yeah, um, the, uh, dying for it. Uh, I don't know what we're gonna do next. Uh, maybe some new music. Uh, but next, definitely the focus. Um, it's it's hard to do two bands, especially yeah. um, you know with a kid. And Ricky and I are in both bands. She sings for both bands. I play drums for both bands. Uh, and so we want to be like conscious about how we split our time between the two. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I did want to just I just wanted to say like so much respect to you um, for being a father and being a husband. Um, I, I'm not married. Thank but, you. Yeah. But, um, I do have a son and I just, yeah. Oh, how old's your son? Uh, he's going to be eight and, uh, on the 11th. So like next week. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah. That's man. super exciting. Yeah. So I just definitely wanted to say that like much respect to you for, um, for being a father and being a husband. Um, and okay. And you said your wife sings in an act and dying for it. Um, and yeah, yeah, you kind of touched on it, but just wanted to ask, like, obviously, um, or, and how old is, do you have a little boy or a girl? Uh, he's a boy. His name's Igby. And he's going to be. That's an awesome be, name. Thank you. He's going to be two next month. That's awesome, man. Congratulations. That's so cool. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, being a parent is really hard, as you know. <laughs> um, and, you know, he was born few months after the pandemic started and so I was like starting to work from home and I was like this is kind of awesome like I don't get to miss out on these very early formative um times and um I still work from home part of the time and so I get to be there a lot which um is really great and my wife also works full-time too uh she's a full-time hairstylist and we're super lucky her mom uh lives with us and her mom's also vegan and her mom's an amazing cook so we have nice. like a really cool family dynamic at home um she's super supportive of us playing music and um you know we we get to do the things that we want to do and we still get to have a lot of really great family time so yeah, we're really that's, lucky that's great man it's really really important i think um and that's awesome. That that sounds like a great a great dynamic, like you said. Um, but yeah, so I just wanted to ask a little bit about. I guess you kind of already answered it, but I imagine like you know you were dying for it was doing tours and stuff. You know before you had your son, and so that's probably changed a little bit at this point. I would imagine. Yeah, we've had to make some adjustments. Like, um, it's funny, Ricky uh, got pregnant in like mid late 2019 and we played some shows and we didn't know she was pregnant yet and then right after we moved to portland like we basically sold our house in reading a day later found out she was pregnant still went forward with the move uh, moved here 
she played some shows uh well we played some shows uh for dying for it uh in southern california in late 2019 and she wasn't super pregnant she wasn't really showing and then uh the last show that we played before the pandemic, she was seven months pregnant and she like totally rocked it. It was really awesome. <laughs> That's so cool. And, yeah. And since he's been born, um, we had a long time off of playing shows and we were lucky when we did those dates with overexposure, we weren't super far away from home. Um, so he stayed with her mom at home and, same kind of situation has happened with uh, the Enact shows. They've all been close to home, but um, it's working so far. And I, I tried to take him to a show recently, uh, gave him little like headphones and stuff like that, the yeah. noise canceling things. And he was not having it. Like <laughs> COVID babies who are still like getting socialized. Yeah. Uh, definitely, you know, you can see their reaction to being in groups and stuff. And of course we're safe. Like it was, it was an outdoor show and it wasn't around a bunch of people, but he's still like navigating those situations that aren't like the park that we usually go to or <laughs> yeah. Kyle, Kyle Furman and his wife, uh, their son is a week older than him. So like they see each other and our friend Tish who fronts the band uh, with war has a baby that's uh, six months younger than both of them. And so that's their little uh, buddy group. And those are their like regular friends that they see. But other than that, it's like, oh, who's this new person coming into my bubble kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And your, and your son was, your son was, uh, he was, he was at a hardcore show in the womb on stage or maybe That's there was true. no stage, but yeah, he's <laughs> That's true. He was. It's gonna be it's yeah. gonna be ingrained in him already. That's awesome. He loves music. <laughs> he's he's already like super uh into music. He he goes to an art class on Thursdays right now and a music class on Fridays and he just loves it. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah, may I imagine as he gets a little older probably you know, a show or something would be a little easier to take in. And yeah, it's like, and it's, it hasn't been, totally. a, it hasn't been a normal two first years of life. You know, there hasn't mm-hmm. been much social, you know, uh, connection, exposure, stimulation and all that stuff. So that's a, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I'm sure you know that with a school aged kid as well too. For School's sure. hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so I wanted to we'll we'll go into talking about some enact stuff. Um, cool. So you have I know there's there's two songs. So yet you, you guys have a, a, a LP coming out, um, mm-hmm. and I know that there's some songs available to listen to that are off of that LP. Um, if you want to just give some info on where we can listen to those songs, um, if we can pre-order the record. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, we'll, we'll rewind a little bit to, uh, last year we dropped a two song promo. Um, that's out on a tape right now on more records. Shout out Andrew. Super awesome. Super supportive. He has been with us every step of the way since we, you know, started the band. He was really excited to work with us and we just really appreciate his support and, um, and his vision uh, for how to get it out in the world. And, um, 
So yeah, we released the promo uh, last year in August, and uh, we played our first show in December with only those uh, two songs out. And um, we released both of those singles uh, within the last couple of months. Uh, the first one's called Redefined, and the second one's called The True Balance. Those are the first two songs uh, on the LP. Uh, we should have a video for The True Balance coming out pretty soon. Uh, nice. It's being finalized right now. Um, and the record is up for pre-order uh, on the War Records web store right now. Uh, there's less than 50 copies left on um, on Purple, and it'll be officially like out-out street date uh, the last weekend of this month, uh, Memorial Day weekend. Um, so if it gets sold out of the War Records web store, I'm sure that it'll be popping up in like distros like Rev and, and all of that too. But we're really excited for the the record to come out and hold the vinyl on our hands and, um, <laughs> yep. you know, the tangible object, um, the artwork, uh, is by this guy, uh, named Simon Tripconey. I don't know if you've seen his stuff on Instagram. It's one trick pony. Maybe that sounds familiar. Yeah. Dude, he, his style is so rad. Like he basically was just recreating old show flyers from like the eighties and nineties and he uses like really bright, bold, vivid colors and like lots of layering and um, like overlapping texts and, and like textures without seeming super busy. And we just really loved it because, you know, we'd see like Dag Nasty flyers and Youth of Today flyers in seven seconds. And that's like, you know, all obviously all like the youth crew stuff that we're really inspired by it. And so we had hit this guy up to do the artwork. Um, and he's like, no, man, sorry. I'm really busy. Can't wait to hear uh, the record when it comes out. So we're like, super bummed. And so we're like, that's the guy. That's who's going to like really bring the visuals of this record to life. And after we started working with Andrew, uh, he was able to uh, kind of like grease the gears in that relationship um and like really advocate and go to bat for us like hey really excited about this band that's on my label could you do the artwork for for them and he said yes and so that was like a huge um you know moment of relief and excitement to be working with like such an artist that um is really like inspirational to us right now um he's the same guy who's done stuff for uh that band uh be well great band yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, Be Well is playing here this summer with Newfound Glory, nice. uh, and I'm, I'm very excited. Newfound Glory is my other favorite band besides <laughs> Go It Along. Yeah, Newfound Glory rocks. Um, yeah, just go back real quick to uh, you have some friends on War Records um, in a band. Yes. in the band Bent Blue. Um, Love those guys. Yeah, those are my boys, um, and. Yeah, I see Andrew frequently at shows here in California. He's he's at he comes out to a lot of shows and see him uh, frequently, and so yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, I love the youth crew artwork. I just did a collab T-shirt with. Oh yeah, you got one. <laughs> so, I'm wearing it right now. Oh dude, thank you so much for getting one too. Yeah, duh. So that was kind of like my yeah. for the back of that shirt um, was kind of my my like my my goal or vision was like the the old youth crew like 
live show picture with the lyrics on top and bottom and um it turned out really oh, yeah. great so i i totally love the youth crew artwork um and yeah i'm stoked to, that's awesome the record's coming out so soon it's been like i've done i've been doing interviews yeah. for, you know, i've been doing interviews forever but a lot of the interviews i was doing were during the pandemic or towards the mm. end of the pandemic and it was like yeah we have this record and you know it'll it's probably not going to be out for like 14 months <laughs> because right know, so it's so great to hear like we have pre-orders it's coming out at the end of this month like and congratulations on all that it's awesome thank you yeah again we're like super stoked and super lucky to be working with andrew because he's such a great guy he's done a lot for us and the roster is really awesome like i love berthold city they're one of my favorite newer hardcore bands i love bent blue um and why, why am i blanking on the, the rest of the war uh miracle drug yeah uh, is, is a super cool band dying for it got to play with them and um in st louis uh in 2018 and fixation uh i got a fill in on drums for fixation a couple years ago at the new age uh showcase pre-show nice um amazing band yeah. chemical fix yeah shout out, shout out to that whole crew great crew yeah of people. definitely philly folks yep yeah so four records awesome and we're we're stoked to be um on that family and on that team for sure um i also saw that you um in act will have a song on the youth crew 22 comp um, that's coming yeah. out soon. If you wanted to share a little bit about that, um, yeah, we're we're still putting the finishing touches on that. Um, it was really awesome that um, the record label, um, uh, what are what are they called? The youth youth crew record label. Um, what am I? I can't. Th I'm, it's it's something I I can't think of. I know Patient Zero is involved in it, but they're not the ones. There's like four labels. Yeah, but um, I know the one you're talking about. I can't. I just looked it up yesterday. I can't remember the name though. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, um, positive and focused. Uh, That's what it is. I, yep. All I could remember was that my choice, my life, my music, um, <laughs> which is like their tagline. Um, positive and focused. They're they're really cool. Um, they put out that hometown crew record. Um, that came out a couple years ago. I really like Hometown Crew, and they did the the re-release for uh, "Set It Straight." Uh, my favorite words, and being from Reading, um, "Set time. It Straight" was like the first hardcore band that I ever heard. Yep, maybe outside of Bane. Um, so when they hit us up to be on the comp, that was very exciting. Um, super excited and grateful for that opportunity. Um, because those seven inches uh, are really cool. It's just, it's awesome to see like the tradition of the youth crew from around the world continuing uh, over the years and, you know, kind of being physically manifested in the form of this uh, compilation. No doubt. Youth crew revival, the world youth crew must live on. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm all about it. Um, I am too. Some people hate on it, but I'm all about it. I'm all about I think it as well. It's like really something that you have to experience. Like, you know, there's there's not a whole lot of connection to listening to something that came out like 30, 40 years ago. Um, 
you can only get so much out of like the energy of like, okay, I get like what they're talking about and stuff. But for me, like my youth crew experience happened at the first uh, React Records uh, showcase in 2010, uh, where all the bands from that time uh, played. And it was just like really amazing because that was like such a cool community of bands. It was like, get the most, keep it clear, Gone but not forgotten. Not sorry. Uh, mindset. Mindset was like brand new. Yeah. Um, or or they they already they had their first seven inch out. And so for me, like, what's so exciting about youth crew in general is that it's such like a cool tight knit community of people, and you have like pockets of people from like the Pacific Northwest, whether it's like Portland. Seattle or Vancouver, BC, uh, or you have like Southern California folks and like East coast, Baltimore, um, Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Florida too. Um, and obviously, you know, we know with this comp like around the world, um, there, there are bands that are from like Netherlands, Belgium, uh, Germany and, um, you know, it's it's a cool community to be a part of. I, I feel like Youth Crew is like a community within the community of hardcore. Yeah, no, I, I agree for sure. And I loved what you said about experiencing it. Like, yeah, it's one thing to listen to like, you know, Youth of the Day, Chain of Strength, In My Eyes, 10 Yard Fight. Like you can listen to all those bands and be like, oh, yeah, it's cool, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, it's different to be in like a, at a, you know, like the react showcase, I imagine that's like a perfect place, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I just like, so something about youth crew, I just like the whole, like when it first came up, I just imagine like, you know, that wave of change that came into hardcore with like the fashion, you know, um, you totally. know, like the, the letterman jackets, the, you know, um, Fuzzy tops, and but, yeah, exactly. yeah. like the hooded mosher, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, and then just fast. Like I, I love fast hardcore and I feel like, you know, with, with so many ways hardcore has changed over the years, there's just this such an emphasis now about being heavy, not, not everywhere and not everybody, but there's a lot of emphasis on being heavy and I I, I just, yeah, I love the, the fast pace feeling of, of youth crew and glad that it's still alive and well. Definitely. Me too. I feel exactly the same. Um, I want to go back to your, the promo tape that, that came out real quick. And I love the art on that baby blue is like my favorite color of all time. So <laughs> I loved, I love the Yeah. I love the art on that. Um, and just wanted to ask you like, you know, I know that the tape came out with War, but uh, Revelation put out um, uh, an exclusive color, and kind of just wanted to ask you how that happened. Well, that was that was all Andrew. All that that you just mentioned, he um, he designed the layout of the tape. Uh, he took elements of the art from the LP. Uh, we're we're trying to like be really visually conscious and cohesive. Um, so we talked color scheme and he pulled together the elements and um, images because uh, some of the stuff, there's like a really cool like bus bench um, in, the, um, in the tape layout that 
you see around town here that says like here for Portland inside a heart and stuff. And so like, we wanted to like have a very like local feeling uh, like we're a Portland hardcore band kind of thing is cool that Andrew incorporated that into the layout. And as far as like the, the rev yellow goes um, I know that he's exclusively distributed by rev and uh, he put that together. He orchestrated that, um, exclusive color like obviously it's an honor for like your first release to <laughs> you know have that alignment yeah. um you know because their legacy of bands um and label history is so amazing um so it's it's cool to be mentioned in the in the same breath as that that record label because what we're doing is like directly inspired by rev and you know that's another thing that we have to be uh, thankful to Andrew for that. Like he's, he really thought about like all the little things when it came to uh, this physical release and that meant a lot to us. Yeah, that's, that's so cool. I, I, I agree with everything you said. It's like, as a, as a hardcore kid, you know, or, or growing up listening to hardcore and knowing what revelation records is, it's like to be able to be like, yeah, and then Rev, Rev is doing a, you know, an exclusive color too. <laughs> That's pretty cool, you know. Yeah, to us, I was like, what? <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so I wanted to ask you about. I know Enact has only played a couple shows. Um, Want to give a shout out to Change um, and Aram and Chris and Change. Um, yeah. Chris Chris lives in California now, so I I got to seen him like twice in the last month like two months because he's coming out to shows which is great and i grew up yeah. listening to those guys bands um and so i got to interview them last year which was a huge thing for me because i you know love the bands they were in and uh, change is a great band so i i know you got to enact got to play with change right yeah our first show was uh i'm looking at the post right now i have it framed in my room um change and FOM, punitive damage was supposed to play, but um, they had some illness in the band and they wanted to not take chances that it was COVID, which responsible for them to do. Yeah. So Jade Dust, uh, a new band uh, from Portland, played that show as well. Um, Change and FOM both released my two favorite records in 2020. Um, they both speak to very specific parts of um my hardcore soul um change you know that really traditional straight ahead um melodic um youth crew fast sound and fom that chaotic like almost converge like when i watched them i was like i i get the feeling like this this is what converges energy is like because i've seen converge plenty of times and I feel that same feeling. So that show was like really, really special because it was just so like Pacific Northwest. And Aram said something when Change played uh, about like the Pacific Northwest tradition and um, the Pacific Northwest sound. Um, and, and he said something about like for us being a new band and like being tied into that, um, partially because Kyle's been in so many different um, bands in the Pacific Northwest, like over the past like 25 years. Like, of course, it's going to sound like that, but that feeling of that show of like really being like welcome and a part of that scene uh, felt so great. 
it was really awesome. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah, I agree. Hollow Hope was one of my favorite favorite releases as well. Um, of the, did that come out last year or 2020? I can't remember. 2020, I think like August of okay. 2020. Yeah, that yeah that record rules, and also um, the Change record is wonderful. I got to interview those guys and got like the full behind the scenes breakdown of it. Um, but when they played in California, there like wasn't that many people at the show, and I was like, That's wild. I was like going crazy because I like knew I know like every mm-hmm. word to every song because I listened to that record like a trillion times. Me too. It, it was just weird, man. There was like, it was like just me. And then, you know, it was like, um, I mean, their set was amazing, of course, but, mm-hmm. um, it was, yeah. Which, just, which show did you go to? They played at the midnight hour, which is a little, rec- okay. a little record shop in the San Fernando Valley here. Um, yeah. I watched that set on YouTube. It was cool. Yeah. And, um, I guess like, I don't know if it's, I don't know. I just had this like thing in my mind where I was like, there's going to be all these pile ups, like all this stuff. Right. Like we remember things being that way, but it's hard. Like, yeah, people, people don't learn words to songs anymore unless they're awesome and cool like you <laughs> and like me. Um, yeah. And I think that we remember things being a certain way. Like I was talking to a friend yesterday about, um, the outbreak uh posi numbers 2004 set that you can look at on youtube and such an incredible band yeah then playing waste of space and seeing like a 20 foot pile up (laughs) just insane like i feel like that kind of stuff doesn't happen anymore and it goes back to like the horseshoe phenomenon from (laughs) you know as brought to our attention by hate five six yeah and the fact that like everybody's a photographer or a video taker taker with their cell phone and stuff. Like they want to keep a distance so they can get a good shot. And I I get that. That's like totally part of the experience for some people. Totally. But like kind of going back to the youth crew thing about like being a part of the experience and like immersing yourself and being there, like that's something that I hope is not lost time, but like you get it. Like it's so fun to participate and like, Feel like you belong in that space yeah no 100 percent. i i love that you that you mentioned that and we're so lucky in our scene here we have a couple little spaces that we have shows at you know there's no stages all all of our friends mm. know the words to each other's bands and everyone moshes and um i will say we had tear tear just played at oxnard performing arts center which is kind of where the bigger shows are around here. And there was mm-hmm. an insane pile up on stage for keepers of the faith. <laughs> so it was like, and then our then dead heat, our local band, they have like a kind of an anthem they play in at every show that all the local friends know. And there was a crazy pile up on stage for that. So try to I keep it alive. Terror. Um, I don't, I don't know about you, but I feel like the dynamic of, uh, seeing terror has changed a lot over 100%. the, the years, like the first uh, few times that I saw them, it was really scary. Yeah. Um, you know, cause it's a young little shrimp, but now like seeing terror is really, really fun yep. because like the whole room singing along, um, Ricky and I came to Portland on a weekend trip because, we knew that terror was playing here. They're playing a matinee show on a Sunday 
And we had just been two weeks prior and we we're like, you want to come back for the show? It's a matinee. So we made like the seven hour drive or whatever. And mostly because we wanted to see uh, Cutting Through as well, which is Kyle's band before in act that we were big fans of. But like we caught this matinee show uh, and then we drove straight home to Reading that night. And um, that was really cool. It was odd because someone like got decked in the head at that show and like I think concussed and I just thought that was really weird because like I don't think that's the vibe of terror shows anymore and it hasn't been uh but they're so fun to watch and I I really want to see them again soon yeah no I I definitely agree I've been you know been able to see terror since 2005 or so and the the vibe on Sunday was very much like unified sing-alongs, pile-ups, and stage dives. And I was like, like I've seen Terror, which I'm sure you two, countless times. But it was just, I was <laughs> blown away. I was like, I was blown away by the set. I was like, this this is just like, this is an incredible band, you know? That's so cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so we got about like, we can go for like 10 more minutes if you have that time. Um, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to ask you um, exactly like how Enact uh, formed. Um, an act was kind of, um, a happy accident. I think, um, I had filled in for Kyle's other band, uh, cutting through on drums and I really love cutting through, um, cutting through played with dying for it. Uh, like when we were a brand new band, we we're both brand new bands and we kept our relationship going. And, um, I had this running joke, maybe just a joke with myself. They got a second guitar player at one point, but I had attended more cutting through shows than their second guitar player. <laughs> nice. And he, he didn't go on their whole entire Europe tour. So that allowed me to keep the playing field even. Of course. Um, but the drummer cutting through Sky, who is my buddy and a really awesome dude, he moved to Nebraska um to get married and he's in an awesome relationship right now happy for him uh but that freed up a spot for me to be the drummer we're cutting through and we moved here and that was the plan and everybody else in the band besides kyle just got busy with other life stuff and wanted to do different things and we're just like okay well let's just hit the reset button and we'll start a new band and so then it was me and him and Ricky and then our friend Sean, who also plays bass and cauterize. Uh, we we bought, brought him into the fold after we had developed uh, more of the songs. When I say we, Kyle writes all the songs. He comes to us with fully formed ideas and um, gives us the, the good ideas to build off to, on the top of that with our own respective instruments. And... Um, we tried to get it going like before the pandemic. And then um, once things started to feel safe, uh, we just kind of hit the ground running and um, finished writing songs and, uh, and launched it. And the rest is history, I guess. For sure. For sure. Um, the promo is amazing. Uh, the songs, the songs are like sonically just the, exact type of hardcore I love, um, fast and like in your face. And, um, 
the vocals are wonderful. The lyrics are wonderful. Um, Thank yeah, you. Killed it for sure on the promo, and I'm so excited to hear the LP and just excited for your band overall. Um, just I appreciate yeah, that a lot. Yeah, have a have a great sound. Um, if you ever want to play down here in in the 805 and southern slash central coast California, just let me know and we'll make it happen. Totally. We will. We were supposed to come down in February. We had some dates with uh, Ben Blue planned and Dying For It was going to play at the midnight hour. Um, and it just it did not feel safe with uh, with Omicron. And um, we just kind of had to make the decision to pull the plug on that. And um, we're definitely going to be down there uh, this summer. Uh, we're going to start scheduling uh, a summer tour soon, hopefully, and we will definitely um, come and uh, experience the Nardcore reality. <laughs> yes, please do. Yeah, yeah. Let me know. We'll we'll make it happen. Um, how long? When did? How long have you been playing drums, or or how did you get into playing drums? Gosh, uh, almost twenty years. Um, I'm. I'm 30 and I started playing drums when I was 11. Um, I, I grew up uh, going to church. Uh, that's not really my thing anymore, but um, I was in a very musical church and uh, I saw some really cool people play drums, inspire me and uh, some older kids in like youth group who took the time to like show me how to play simple beats and from there, it was like um, just getting in like the worship band at church. Like that was the goal in youth group. And nice. I, ha I had a friend um, who loved MXPX as much as uh, I did. And so we'd show up to church early and just like jam MXPX songs. And um, that like, I guess punk drumming has always been like my foundation. And I took lessons later on in high school and um didn't really appreciate what I was learning uh, until, you know, it was, it was all over. Um, I, I still have some of those like foundational concepts and stuff, but um, I always want to try to keep learning and not like be stagnant. I don't, I don't think that I'm the best. I, 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 I always want to be the fastest. I don't know if that, that will make me the best, but um uh, I want to, to try to improve recording is something that I'm always trying to get comfortable with. Um, but yeah, um, I love playing drums and I hope that I get the opportunities to keep saying and playing in bands. Dude, that's, that's awesome. Um, great origin of where you learn drums and also the fact that you just dropped MXPX. What a great, <laughs> what a great band reference. I forgot about that band. Totally. First, first punk band I ever heard was MXPX. What was the song? Uh, Responsibility. That was a great jam. I love that song. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's um, awesome. MXPX and Tony Hawk, uh, which I know is a, often frequented subject on your show the, those were my punk gateways <laughs> oh the fact that you that you know that that's a frequent thing is means you've listened to a few episodes so thank you so much that means yeah, a lot for sure. thank you so much and it is it's cool that tony hawk pro skater has has done that for a lot of people like i think that's really cool 
Totally. I didn't, I didn't have a gateway into growing up in church. I didn't have a gateway into quote unquote secular music and video games like unlocked that for me, I guess. Like I would not have heard Mill and Colin or Lagwagon. Um, I really love like fat record skate punk and it started with Tony Hawk and I revisited a lot of that in my, my early twenties because I was seeking other like fast kind of drumming and that kind of stuff um, kept that learning going for me. Yeah. I mean, totally dead Kennedy. I, I found the dead Kennedys through police truck, which was on, I think that was yeah. on the first Tony Hawk. Um, I think you're correct. Yep. The bouncing souls was another band I found through Tony Hawk. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. Okay. We're almost out of time. This, this time always goes by so fast. Last thing I wanted to ask you about was, um, so Enact is a straight edge band. Um, I have a ton of straight edge friends. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm coming up on seven years of sobriety, but not in a straight edge way. I'm like, congrats. Yeah. Thanks man. Thank that's you. That's big. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in like recovery. So not like straight edge, but, and I like to still use nicotine and stuff. So, um, but, uh, I have a ton of straight edge friends. I grew up listening to most of my favorite bands were straight edge bands. Um, so I just kind of wanted, I always like to ask, you know, or or if you want to just share a little bit about like what being straight edge means to you. Um, and if enact being a straight edge band was something that was, was like the goal in the beginning. Um, I'll answer the second question first. Cause it's pretty easy. Uh, we, we wanted enact to be a straight edge band for sure. Um, out of all the bands that I've ever been in, this is only the second straight edge band I've ever been. And I, I was in a youth crew band in Sacramento, uh, called new deal. Um, and that was really fun. Um, just something about like the excitement and energy of being in a straight edge band and calling yourself that like, yeah, you're opening yourself up to certain people being like, Oh, well, you know, I don't care about that, that which is fine. It's not, <laughs> not for everybody or people thinking that you're going to be judgmental because yeah. you are a straight edge, which is an unfortunate misconception. Um, uh, and act always was was going to be a straight edge band so like that's like very essential to to who we are um as a band and who we are as individuals and um i'm i'm the type of person i'm i'm just a nerd i've never been curious about trying anything um so i i don't know what it's like to struggle with addiction although i do have empathy for um people who have addiction issues and uh i'm proud of you for um beating that and like being in recovery that's amazing and that's really awesome thank you um so that's that's really great um straight edge is just i don't know i think when i when i heard of straight edge when i was 14 i knew who that i i knew that's who i was already and it was just kind of giving it a name of what i was already practicing in my life um and so that was something that like really empowered me and um, became a part of my identity really early on. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. And thanks for saying that too, about like, you know, having empathy and like um, I've also worked in the field of addiction counseling for over five years mm-hmm. now. And so like, I, you know, it's like 
riddled That's in my tough job. Yeah, it's but I I know it's what I'm supposed to be doing. So it's you know it's it's uh I love it. Um and yeah, I mean I, I I've lost like you know I mean my mom. I mean it's just like destroyed parts of my family. I'm in the Sorry trenches of that. it. That's okay. Thank you. Um and you know so like but I've also come out of it and it's like. I feel like a lot of times from the straight edge point of view, I don't feel like I've heard people say this and stuff is just, there's like no, it's, there's like a very closed minded view on it. You know, it's like, I, I know it's, it's one thing if you have anger towards somebody who's done something to you or, or lost because of addiction mm-hmm. or whatever. But a lot of times I think there's a, just a completely closed mind to the whole idea of like, you know, it's more than just people making a choice. You know what I mean? It's like, it's much, it's, it's much deeper than that. Um, but yeah, congrats to you. And I love the straight edge, have a bunch of straight edge friends. Um, and I've also been vegan as of the last couple of months. So I'm on that's the, awesome. I'm on the vegan team, <laughs> which that's awesome. I that's, feel like good for you. Good yeah, for you. And I feel like such an inner peace about that. You know, like I, I, I was vegetarian for a while And then, um, I just feel like such a, yeah. And it's so easy to do, you know, I'm like so mad at myself that I took so long to do it, but I'm stoked to be there now. The Knack song Redefined, uh, is about being vegan. And, um, we, we said this in the, the no echo article. Um, Ricky said that people shouldn't be focused on what they've done in the past, but they should focus on who they can be in the future and to not let, you know, your past decisions hold you back from making a positive change in your life, like, like going vegan or being straight edge, but specifically with that song. So, and that's exactly what you did. So there you go. Good on you. That's like, <laughs> that's great. That's awesome. Um, all right. Well, unfortunately we're out of time. Um, thank you so much for joining the show. Uh, I had such a, such thank you, good, Dylan. Yeah, such a good time chopping it up with you. Uh, thanks for buying a shirt. Um, that's awesome. And uh, can't wait to hear the new record. And absolutely will love to plan uh, Oxnard and Act Show when the, time, when the time is right. Let's do it up. All right. Um, I hope you and your family have a wonderful um, Thursday evening, and I'll send you this uh, as soon as I get it uploaded later on. Thanks so much, Dylan. Okay, peace. Bye. Poison Mind from Chopping Block. Digital Age from Result of Choice. Surrender from Without Love. Rain City from FOM. Connection from The First Step. Basura from Provoke. Land of the Free from Dead Last. Self-Hate Care from Dry Socket. Best of Friends from Care. We've Gotta Change from Overexposure. Overexposure featuring Eva Hall. Anxiety from Sissy Fit. And Picking Up the Pieces from Go It Alone.
survival of the fittest? Well, don't forget that rule also applies to mankind. You can't turn your back on nature! Or nature will turn her back on you!
one day.